What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen. I am just getting back from Cancun, Mexico for a few weeks, and then I was learning how to fly my new airplane for a week, and I'm really excited to be back with you guys doing an intro for this show today. In Cancun, we had about 80 people that came a week early to do a mission trip for our Seven Figure Foundation, a brand new charity that we launched at Flip Hacking Live last year in October. We raised almost $150,000 for that charity, and we had big dreams of going on an international mission trip before our mastermind group for our runway and altitude programs. It was so awesome. We had uh, probably half, no, we had 20 kids. So of the 80 people that were there, we, I counted 20 kids, um, about 18 and under, some as young as six years old. And to see the transformation that happened in those children was amazing. So what I wanted to do on today's show is I wanted to create a little mashup of some takeaways that people talked about the last night. So we did these, this mission trip. We went build houses and we built a school for um, underprivileged people in a little city in Cancun that, oh my gosh, it was, it was incredible. I can't even put it to words. So I hope that you, you listening to this, you hear um, the transformation that happened in some of the children and some of the adults. So at the end of the event, we, when we got done, we actually didn't want to stop. Um, we had to stop building the houses before we were, we were complete. And we just had a couple days there to, to make an impact. And at the end, we kind of decompressed and just talked about what we learned, what we felt. And at the end of this mission trip, um, it was really powerful. So I wanted to just take a couple clips from what a couple of people talked about the transformation that happened in their lives to hopefully encourage you and some of the good that we're doing here and some of the uh, impact that we can make and what these businesses that we're building are allowing us to do. So if you weren't able to make it and you wanted to, you were highly missed. If you uh, didn't even know about it, you can go to sevenfigurefoundation.com and learn a little bit more about it. We'll put a link in the show notes. And um, hopefully you come join us at Flip Hacking Live this year at Multifamily Live. We're gonna be doing um, a charity um, kind of uh, push for that, for, for our charity there. And come join us in our runway and altitude programs and come on one of these mission trips with us. It's, it was absolutely amazing, totally transformational for me and many, many others. So I hope you guys enjoy this. It's a couple of the takeaways that we had from the event. My name is Bill Allen, and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called Seven Figure Flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet. But we believe in abundance, not scarcity, and that's why we are the elite. We are Seven Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook. The biggest part of this, this is one of the most important parts of a mission trip, is to really debrief and what did we learn, what did we take away, what are our, our aha moments, if you will. Um, so we're just going to talk about it. We're going to, Steve and Casey are going to talk about a few things, and then I'll, I'll share a few things, and then we want to hear from you. We want to hear the good, the bad, what did you like, what did you learn, what did you take away, um, all those things, right? We really want to just look at this experience that we've had for the past four days that's been amazing. So I want to hear from you guys what you learned, what, what was it to you, what did this mission trip mean to you is what we're trying to get out of it. So I'm going to turn it over to, to Casey first, and she's going to talk a little bit about like what we learned and, and kind of that re-entry coming back into seeing something like this and how do we, how does that carry over into real life? And then Steve will 
give us some comments, and then we'll kind of go from there. So, okay. thank you. All right, hey everybody. Um, before I forget, just one small matter of housekeeping. You should have a survey in your email inbox. So we wanted to capture this information while it was fresh. If there was something you thought could have been done better, bring it on. If there's something you thought we should keep, bring it on. If there's something you think you could volunteer towards the next effort, what do you think I'm going to say next? Bring it on. We'd love to have your help, okay? If you think we did a lot of good this time, what could we do with more people? So this was just a small board and Steve. But anyway, thank you all for your tremendous attitudes this week. We've led other teams and, you know, we never know what to expect when we go. It's hot. Hot can bring things out. You know what it brought out? It brought out your servants' hearts. Just, you just left us astounded by your servants' hearts. So let me just ask, did anybody in here learn anything new this week in general? Okay. All right. Did you learn anything new about yourself? All right. Did you learn anything new about the person you were traveling with? Don't say it out loud. <laughs> All right. There were was, there was some hands in the back there. There'll be some serious discussions later. We want to talk a little bit about reentry, but we can't really talk about reentry until we talk about what we've experienced. If we don't digest some of what we've experienced, it would be like reading a book and never thinking about what you read. You guys all just experienced something, I suspect, that might be somewhat unlike your other life experiences, and you observe things you can't unsee now. When you go home, you're going to be full of excitement to tell people but not everybody is going to be as excited to hear it because they didn't experience what you experienced. So one of our jobs is to make sure we get to share some of that together and try to equip you for that transition returning. The first time I came back to America from Ukraine, I wept in a Winn-Dixie on the soup aisle and was not prepared for being faced with the abundance and was just completely caught off guard, even though I was told I should be. I just wasn't prepared for that, and I had to leave without what I came for because I was not. So there's a possibility you're going to feel guilty when you go home. There's a possibility you're going to feel super blessed, and there's a possibility you're going to feel both. And what we want to do is process some of what we've experienced this week and then give you all a few tips at the end. Um, I'll just give them to you now. Um, think about a person you can share at home with if you... Go ahead and identify that person in your mind so that if you get home and feel you need to share and the people you're sharing with aren't receptive, that you can say to this person, I'm wondering if you'd sit down with me and have a cup of coffee and let me just process with you. Have you got somebody like that in your life? Or maybe it needs to be you just pick up the phone and call somebody you went with. I mean, really, let's face it. Who do you know at home who is going to understand the meaning of working on the chain gang? Like some of the people that you worked with in this room, Right. So that would be one major thing. And then the other is, you're going to go back to abundance, and that's going to be difficult at times after what you've seen. Do you feel guilty because you have, you're blessed? No. But, but maybe it's a time for some introspection about what to do with that blessing, and maybe you're already doing it. But it's just a time to examine that with your family, with somebody else important to you, or just you and God. So those would be the main things is that, you're going to be really excited, and it might not even affect you the first day or two. Because let's face it, a nice hot shower and then not having to run somewhere to eat before they close up and that sort of thing. Um, but after a couple of days, 
the abundance can kind of get to you a little bit. So just be prepared for that. And then I think really what we want to do is just give everybody a chance to tell us what are your takeaways. I think you were going to share something. Be careful. He used to be a preacher. <laughs> How many people have never been on a mission trip before? Yeah, probably, you know, half, three quarters of the room or whatever. Uh, let me tell you the people that will f really get into what you're talking about when you go back home and you start sharing about these people you met, about this, you know, university and about these houses that, that you're built for people and stuff like that, the only people that will understand and really want to talk to you about it are people who have done something similar to what you've done. Very few other people will understand and be able to, to relate to you. And it's, it's easy sometimes to be a little bit resentful because how many people have felt like your worldview changed just a little bit or maybe a lot when you came down here? Yeah. Um, and what you're going to go home to is the same people, the same family, uh, the same relationships, the f same folks in your business that you have worked with and talked with before. And uh, you're going to have had some change, in, a little bit of change in your life, or a lot of change in your life, I don't know. But uh, they will not. They'll be the same way they were when you left, you're coming back with this paradigm shift, this worldview change, whatever it is that has happened to you down here. And uh, you start telling them about, you know, this, this family and about maybe one of the workers that you were alongside of and, and uh, some experience you had and how awesome this was as a mission trip. And they're going to say, that is really nice. Did we tell you we're buying a new car next week? You know, or, you know, wow, this family, they had, they had you know, five jillion children and, uh, you know, they all lived in this one house with other people and they had no place to go until this house got built. And, you know, I got to take a part of that. And, and they're saying, yeah, we won the soccer game last week. It was really great. You missed it. And you're thinking, but you don't understand. And they don't. Just keep that in mind when you're sharing your story. Always share your story. Always tell it. But don't have an expectation that they're going to get as excited as you are because they aren't unless they've been there before. Uh, how many people here have, have been on a mission trip before? Okay. Would you say anybody that that is correct or not? Yeah. And, and I love what Casey said. Find somebody that loves you no matter what. And, and is very interested in who you are and in your life and share these kinds of things with them. Tell everybody else about it because what I hope some of you are going to do when, when you get back home is, is start talking this up to the point where you're back among your business network and uh, maybe employees or family or friends or uh, Sunday school teachers or the, the bridge club or the folks at the neighborhood pool or whatever and say, man, I just had this incredible experience. You ought to go down there with me and, uh, and do this sometime. And then one of those six houses that we talked about and the invitation is there as they build those houses, the invitation is there for you to come back anytime between now and the end of the summer and work on one of those houses and come by yourself, three of you or 10 of you or 20 of you 
and bring a team down here and do the same thing. One of the places to, to make sure you really talk about it, even though we all, we're going back to our businesses, we make money, uh, we, we do things, we have our own lives, is we've got a network here of people that our relationship with each other for the most part will never be the same that, that as it was when we got here. Some people we knew well, some people we hardly knew at all, some people we hadn't even met. But the fact of the matter is, we've got something in common that nobody else on the planet has. And that's that we were here together for four days and we made a difference in this world. And you're to be applauded for that. Uh, don't expect to go home and be appreciated for it. Uh, but, uh, you know, some people say, you're crazy. You went to Mexico? And it's like, I'm, I'm glad you got back home safe. You know, you'll, you'll hear all kinds of things. Just have very, very low expectations about what people are going to say and do. Uh, I cannot, I, I want to kind of end with saying I can't tell you how blessed I am to have been a part of this group and this time uh, we were created to make a difference on this earth, and I believe we were all created for such a time as this, to make the difference that we made, to make the impact that we made, to change people's lives and to see our own lives change for the better. And we will make individually and collectively a difference in this world that will never, ever be possible, uh, that there will never be a possibility of ever it being measured here on this earth. Thank you all so much. Tyler. Perfect. Um, so we just want to, this is your time to debrief and tell us what you learned, right? And what you, what you got out of this trip. That's the most important part. That when we verbalize it together and we tell each other what we got out of it, then we, we can create that synergy that this will be a, a, a memorable experience and you'll never forget it. So... Uh, and just behalf of the board and, and our foundation, this, we started this foundation a year ago. Like, this was an idea when Becca came to my house. She was sitting in my driveway, and she's like, hey, what do you think about starting a foundation? And I said, yeah, let's do it. That sounds awesome, right? And so we, we got the right people on our foundation bus. We got the Tackets, and we got all the other board members on, on with us, and we created something really special in a short amount of time. And by October, we were ready to launch. We, had, we were a legit 501c3 uh, charitable organization. And it really started with that, right? It was this thought, this idea that Becca and I had that we should start a foundation. And it turned into, we took 80 people to Mexico in less than a year. Like, that's an amazing accomplishment for the foundation. And I'm excited to do more of that and to make a huge impact. And the families that we were able to bless this week has just been amazing. And so I know that, that probably everyone in this room has donated time and money and support to our foundation, and we're truly grateful for that because we couldn't do it without you. And so honored to be your friends and to be your peers and to be able to serve alongside with you was an incredible experience I know personally that I'll never forget. So thank you for coming. Thank you for believing in us and letting us be a good steward of your money to make an impact on these people's lives. So uh, I'll, I'll close the meeting with some more thoughts, but I want to turn it over to you now and hear your thoughts and your takeaways and something that you learned. Keep it brief so we can kind of move it along and, and just share what you felt and what you saw and what 
uh, we can all learn from together. So again, just keep that brief. We want to hear from all of you. So the hardest question is, who's ready to start this dance? Yeah, Dana, come on up. Okay, whose hand hurts? <laughs> I woke up the second day and my hand was stuck. I had some arthritis going on. But I pushed through it and it was amazing. And I had the pliers and I just kept twisting and twisting and twisting. And sometimes it wouldn't even break off because my grip wasn't strong enough. And then sometimes it would break off, but it was still like this long thing sticking out. And they, they said, no, that, that doesn't work. So the next, the second day when my hand hurt, somebody handed me the nippers. And I started twisting and twisting and twisting. And it, it all of a sudden it popped off. And it was like the right length and everything. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. So I wanted the nippers after that. And um, I actually counted um, the turns with the nippers. On average, it took about 20 turns for my grip. And with the pliers, on average, it took about 50. And it still didn't break off right. So thank you, Tyler, for making sure that we got the nippers. <laughs> um, but it went a lot faster once we got the nippers. Once we got, we just all got in there and we started going at it. And the, the, the story came back to my mind about the guy throwing the starfish into the sea. And the other guy that walks up to him and says, you know, we've all heard this over and over. We talked about this at the, at the conference. And the one guy walks up to him and says, why are you doing that? And, he, and you're not going to make a difference. And he lifted one up and threw it in. And he said, I made a difference to that one. Picked another one up, threw it in, made a difference to that one. And so I started thinking that way on every single twist. Why are we twisting? Like, what are all these wires? Like, why are there so many? And it's taking like 80 of us to, to do this. And, you know, we were all out there twisting and twisting. And for every break that happened for me after 20 twists so with the nippers, for, you know, maybe... Um, Yuri, it probably took one twist. Um, <laughs> but for every break, we strengthened that wall. Those wires were being strengthened, and the wall was being strengthened. We were building wall, a wall. We, were, we couldn't just put the wall up without the wires. And so we had to twist. So the walls went up, and then the, the roof went up, and we twisted and twisted and twisted, and we strengthened and for every wire that went in there, it got strengthened even a little bit more and a little bit more to the point where we made a difference. We made a difference with every wire to strengthen it. And then at, we started making a difference by putting the walls up and the walls were a difference. And then we made the, put the roof on and that made a difference to the point where we built a house and we made a difference in that family's life. And so I just had this thought and I wanted to share it with you guys. I've had a great week. I am so grateful that I was able to bring my family and to experience this with all of y'all. I've had just a great time, regardless of my, my swollen hand. So anyways, thanks. So my takeaway really is just being here with all of you. We've been in this group for almost four years now and have never done anything like this. This was our first mission trip or my first mission trip. Um, but, you know, we come to these events and we do things like this in rooms like this. And then sometimes we do some fun things like the cruise and stuff like that. Um, but this, the working side by side and it's hot and everyone's sweaty and <laughs> thank God everyone wore deodorant. But <laughs> um, I think that was really one of my biggest, 
one of the biggest things that I was thankful for. I mean, yeah, we definitely made a difference in some families' lives, and I think that's great, too, and that's the reason that we came, and so I'm thankful for that, too, but I really enjoyed working alongside each of you. Um, so I learned three things. Um, we were doing the school. Number one, we're really bad at laying bricks, like all of us. Um, we kind of got the hang of it after a while, but we, we're still pretty bad. Um, number two is um, we were talking to the director of the school, that area, and he told us two numbers. Um, one was 500, the other one was 2,300. So 2,300 was how many bricks we laid, cinder blocks. Didn't seem like that many, but that's how many we laid down. 2,300, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the second one was 500, and that's how many students will be able to go to those schools in September, which is, is something I, could, I didn't understand it. I'm like, what do you mean there's no other school in this area for these kids? And that's what he pretty much said is, like, that's what you're bringing to this, this city is a school. And um, I, coming from the States, it's like, what do you mean? Like, they're just running around playing games, all you know? with rocks and stuff, so that was pretty impactful for me. And uh, the third thing I learned, it, um, you know, get, doing the work day in and day out, um, you're just doing work and you're like, man, I gotta get up again and do this again, let me stretch, get ready for this. Uh, it didn't, we didn't realize, what, at least I didn't realize what I was doing until the very last day when we were leaving and we had to say bye to the guys that we work with. And I'm like, I'm not gonna be back tomorrow. So that was kinda, a little rough for me. So that's all I got. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Dana asked whose hands hurt. I want to ask whose entire body hurts. <laughs> all right. I think everybody who is on the bricks, your entire body hurts for sure. Arthur said something uh, after the first or second day. He said, uh, I feel beat up from the feet up. And that's pretty much how I think all of us felt that were on the chain gang. So I know that a couple things that I learned. One thing was I've driven, I've been in Cancun before, right? We, we were here last year. And so I've seen the houses when you drive from the airport to the resort and you pass them and go, wow, that looks terrible at, at 70 miles an hour. But I've never walked past them and, and stopped and, and saw what they look like on the inside and, and how people are living. So it was really touching to see that and to see real close and, and then to interact with the folks who live in that community and just how great they are and how patient they were with us because uh, Rich wasn't kidding. We were terrible at laying bricks. And these guys do it for a living. And I said to somebody on the job site after the second day, I wonder how it feels to be really good at something and watch it being done so poorly all around you. And they were, they were super nice about it. They were super nice about it. And I said, after the first day, I told Nanette, I said, I'm not doing this for four days. There's no way I'm laying. I can't. I don't know if I can physically. And so I started campaigning. I went to Tyler. I went to Bill and said, "We need to rotate. Like this needs to be everyone doing this." I am not going back the next day, and I'm certainly not going back all four days. But as we went, I went back the next day, and then people would come up to Nanette and I and other people who were working in the in the brick area and say, "Do you want to switch out? Do you want to come and do the houses?" And we just kept saying no. Like we were learning, we could see the walls going up. There was something addictive about that. If you were, I didn't go to the houses to work, so I don't have that experience. But laying those bricks, as bad as it was and as hot as it was, you started to get kind of protective of your area, and you wanted to see those walls go up, and you get a little protective of your uh, cement if someone comes and takes some. So, 
anyways, it was just really, really interesting. And what really touched me, other than the, the seeing how the people live and, and how great they are and how happy they seemed, by the way, they, they were not, we were probably more grumpy than they were about the heat and stuff. Um, but the other thing was how hard, like most of us and maybe all of us, we don't do that kind of work normally, right? I mean, we sit behind a computer and we may go out to job sites, but we're pointing at things and we're telling them to hurry up and get it done. And why are we behind? We're not used to doing the work ourselves, but to see out of the job sites, people of all ages, you know, men and women just busting their butt, lifting cinder blocks and slapping on cement all day long in the heat and just building something was really, really touching to see how hard we all worked when it was for a good cause. So, that was what I took away from it. I know everybody worked hard. The chain gang ran out of concrete blocks late yesterday afternoon, and they had to order more to come in this morning. And I went up to the people and said, hey, these guys, they're going to be finished probably within 30 minutes or an hour or less tomorrow morning, which was today, because we've run out of uh, concrete blocks. And I said, you didn't expect they'd get through all the blocks that were there, did you? And they said, no, we didn't. So those folks just really killed it on the blocks and, and exceeded their hopes and expectations of how much could be accomplished on what will be. You realize that, that, that L, that's an L building and the beautiful side is what you have built the infrastructure for. And it's going to look just as pretty as the, the side that was finished. And then those 500 kids can go and get college education. It's just fantastic. Hi, everybody. Um, I'm Gabby. I know that a lot of you probably don't know me because I'm very, very new to the group. Uh, my husband, only uh, Rich, only joined last October. But before that, he looked for a group um, that we felt like would have the same values and we could fit right in. And this was definitely it. Um, so the takeaway for me is it's pretty simple. We've been a career driven in the military and um, something that was always told to us is anytime you meet someone, a leader, peer, subordinate, whatever, in the military, you take the good and leave the bad. So you put it in your toolbox, right? Um, the things they teach you are the things that they lack teaching you. Um, and I can honestly say that from everyone within this group, and the organizations that we were partnered with, um, I could take something that they said to me and use it in my toolbox. Um, because what we saw out there, lack of power tools, <laughs> um, did not, uh, did, you know, we didn't come short of anything. Um, they had the right personalities. They had the right um, support from you know, whether it was the ones that were with the block team or the ones with the wire, I feel like everybody meshed right where they needed to be. And for us, it hasn't been easy to do that all the time. So I feel very grateful that we are in the right group with the right people doing the right thing for everybody involved. So I just want to say thank you for um, welcoming us to the group and making us feel so welcome. And I am excited <laughs> to know that we can continue to do more things like this with all of you. Thank you. First of all, I'm going to create a wire gun. <laughs> you just put it right there, squeeze a the trigger, and it clamps it, right? That's, that's, 
<laughs> does exist. Well, I, I guess I'm late to the game. I, it, Yuri says it already exists, but, you know, I'm sure a lot of us would have given a lot of money to have one of those guns this week. Um, a, a few takeaways. Um, 27 years ago, that sounds like a long time, I was a, a young kid of 19, and I, I served a mission for my church for two years, and I was in El Salvador. And very, very, very similar conditions. In fact, walking down these streets, it's like flashbacks, okay? And I got to know the people really, really well. Um, and I got to love the people. And this trip reminded me, and like I said, it's been a while, almost 30 years. It reminded me of, of that. And there's that, that connection that happens with, with people, and especially when you speak their language. And I still try and keep up on my Spanish, and I talk to Santos and to Pablo and, 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 and Milo and... Anyway, um, it was nice. We, one day for lunch, I went to go get a Coke because I love Mexican Cokes. They're great. And uh, uh, I ran into Santos, and uh, he, he was so proud to show me his little chapel, his open-air chapel. Um, and I thought, you know, what a, what a great man, you know, what, just doing the best he can to help his community. Um, and I, I, I felt a bond with him that, you know, of that charity, of that service that he was doing. Um, and I felt that bond with several people that I worked with. And it wasn't just the people at the site as far as the, the locals. It was all of you. And, it, you know, it's one thing to meet you guys on Zoom and these conference calls and so forth. But it's something completely different to work side by side with somebody. And I feel that's where you truly get to know somebody more than anything is when you work next to them. Not just working, but giving service where no one is getting paid. Because this is all volunteer and it takes a special character to do that. There aren't a lot of people that, that do that willingly, right? Hey, do you want to go sweat your guts out for four days and twist until your arm hurts and get concrete all over yourself and get blisters? You know, not many people do that. So I applaud all of you guys for doing that and taking time. And, and just real quick, there was just a, a, a couple other things. As, as my wife and I spoke the other day on the bus, um, Something changed in me and kind of went back to 30 years ago. And we were here a year ago with my family in Cancun just for fun. Uh, it was about a month before the event. And, you know, we just did some tourist shopping. And I don't know about you guys, but it's, it's always fun to haggle. And I felt horribly guilty a couple days ago. I'm like, because I got to see, again, how these vendors live. So when they showed up today... And these vendors, I'm like, it's this much? Fine, and here's some extra. Because I, I don't want to haggle anymore, you know? I, I'm not going to miss the 5 or $10 that I could save um, that could feed these, these kids and their families. So that perspective changed a, a lot for me or, or went back to how I had it 30 years ago. Sometimes, you know, like you said, we get back home, we, we kind of forget, right? We get in back in the abundant life, I should say, and kind of forget about that. Um, but those, those are my takeaways, and like I said, it's not just the people there, but it's all of you that we were able to develop that relationship with, and I'm sure will last a very long time. And I want to especially thank Becca and Steve and, and Tyler. Where's Tyler? There he is. Um, and everyone involved in organizing this, because I know you guys aren't getting paid to, to do this, right? This was, this was of your heart. You wanted to truly make a change. Um, and that's charity, and it says in the scriptures, charity never faileth, right? And it never does, and you'll never forget it. 
And you'll look back on this time, and what it does is it makes you want to do it more. And guys, we don't have to travel thousands of miles. You can do it with your neighbor. You can do it with your friends. You can do it with strangers. Just anyone. And you start looking, and it's that perception, right? You start looking for opportunities. And the more you do it, the more you want to do it. Uh, and you'll be richly blessed for it. Thank you, guys. I was trying to get one of them to come up and talk. <laughs> um, I just I just can't thank you guys enough for the opportunity to be able to do this. Just, It's been life-changing for my kids, for myself. Um, I, I don't even have words for what happened over the last four days. It's been just eye-opening to see how other people live and and then be a part of actually creating something that someone's going to live in and will protect them from hurricanes. That was, that was awesome to hear about. Um, I just, I've always wanted this opportunity for my kids. Uh, for the longest time, my husband and I had had this on our vision board. I've kind of told the story already, but um, we had a church that we went to that they were building houses out of cardboard, you know, boxes, and then they had mission trips going down there uh, to Juarez, Mexico, to um, just outside of Juarez to do work there. And then uh, these guys were too little to take them. So um, I said, one day I'm going to get them to go. And like, it was just, when Tyler said that this is what we're doing, I was like, that's us. We're signed up. We're going. <laughs> um, but anyways, it was just a really amazing trip. I've had fun with everybody here and just awesome to work with everybody who I've been around. And it was uh, wonderful to see what the family uh, did and, and, and the mom's eyes when she just, she just, just crying, just so happy to have a home. So anyways, I'm going to pass out again. I just feel so fulfilled right now. I, you know, didn't think I was going to feel this fulfilled, but it's a really cool feeling. I want to come back, do it again, maybe stay two weeks, get it done. (laughs) So proud that my kids are, are enjoying it and, and how hard they worked and life changing experience. Thank you all. These guys want to share, but they're a little scared, so I said I would come up. Okay, Bella, you're going to... She says that we should be more grateful and stuff. <laughs> Anything else? All right. It's like translating Diego. Like, after short, short snippets. She said she, you know, she, was, she realized that not everybody has it so easy and that they have to work really hard for what, that they, for what they have, way harder than we have to work, and that we should be very grateful for what we have. This is my daughter, Eve. She's awesome. She said last night, we sat down with Todd uh, and Sheila. I don't know if they're in here or not. Uh, oh, there you are, sorry. And, uh, and we were sitting down, and she said that uh, she realizes, we've been playing cards with Andy's family at night. She said, it's like, it's like a card game, right? Like sometimes you get dealt really bad cards and you have to make the best of them if you can. And sometimes you get dealt really good cards. And as we were talking about it more, we said, you know, and, and it's funny because sometimes you get a bad, bad set of cards and you can still make a good hand out of it by how you play them. And Todd said, and sometimes you can get a really good set of cards and you can ruin it all by how you play them. So... Um, since, since I have the mic, uh, how many of you guys are visual thinkers? Like, like when, when you guys talk to me, I, everything translates into pictures in my head. So especially phrases and stuff like, uh, 
one of the things that Bill and I, we talk about often when we've been together, like the iron sharpens iron, right? That's what our mastermind is. We, we come together and we make each other stronger, but that's not, that wasn't the right phrase, you know, when we thought about this foundation. And so then started thinking about this idea that, you know, you can, you can cast a stone right across, across the water and it creates ripples. And, and all you did was you really just intended to cast a stone, but I was like, that's, that's not actually the right mental image either in my head. The mental image that comes to mind, and I keep searching for a better one, and I would love it if you had it, is actually wildfire, which the reason I want a better one is because we don't associate wildfire with good things, but, but just hear me out. Stay with me for one second, okay? Because with wildfire, a spark gets lit. And, you know, like there's, whether it's lightning or a cigarette thrown out of a car or whatever, and it, it falls among some kindling, and sometimes nothing happens at all. And sometimes it just stays there and it, it, it smolders for a little bit. And then with the right conditions, it will just light up, right? And then those conditions might take that spark and create another ember that goes somewhere else entirely. And the same thing happens. Some of it goes out and does nothing. And some of it with the right conditions, it just catches fire, right? And it just starts taking over things. So... I've been doing a lot of reflecting. I actually, this week, I'm normally a go, go, go person. The thing that I love, the twisting wires, it was almost like zen for me. I was so happy to just be there and just, I don't know, work. You know, like Bob and I were working actually with Taylor. I don't know if she's in here, but like, we just, we're just, you know, just twisting wires, just chatting. And my brain was just kind of, you know, at peace and, and going through it. And I was thinking about, man, how did we get here? <laughs> like, how am I in Mexico building a house with Bob and Taylor? And like, how do I even know these people? And I was like, well, you know, I remember um, in 2019, Zach Betters, for those of you who know him, he's uh, one of our seven-figure alumni. He was talking about doing a mission trip at one of our events. And I was like, I have always wanted to go on a mission trip. And he's like, let's do it. It'll be amazing. This was like a, in 2019. And I'm like, I'm in. Let's do it next year. We'll get a bunch of members to go. It'll be amazing. He puts down, uh, I think, like a $5,000 deposit on this thing. I'm like, cool. We'll, we'll get the members to go. Um, we go to our EOS annual planning in January of 2020. And I'm like, we're talking about, like, what, what would this organization be? Like, if write our wish list three years from now. And I'm like, I want to do a member-led mission trip. Like, I want to do a mission trip. And Bill says, like, that sounds like a logistical nightmare. No. And I'm like, of course, I get mad, and I'm like, why not? And he's like, well, because we should have more control over it. Like, we would, we would want to start a foundation or something. And then I'm like, no. Right? So, like, but I'm like, but I'm, I'm going to go on a mission trip with Zach this year. COVID hits. Mission trip gets canceled. Poor Zach Betters eats his $5,000. I did offer to reimburse him. <laughs> and, and it just kind of, that, that spark just, it just, you know, it smolders a little bit, but I'm like, you know, this foundation idea is just blows my mind, but I need, but Bill needed to put that spark out there of like, it could be more, right? So he, he casts off this spark into the kindling. And then I go for my birthday to visit Spencer and I'm sitting in Tyler's driveway and Tyler says, um, Hey, I want to do more. What can I do? And I was like, well, I really want to do more charity stuff, but I don't have the capacity to handle it. And he's like, I want to do that, right? The right conditions come along. And they just fan it into this flame. And then, and then we start casting out some sparks about who the board's going to be. And some of those catch fire, right? And then we know nothing about mission trips. Thank, literally thank God for Steve Tackett. I've been paying attention to all the little details he's been organizing in the background and thinking, like, we would, this would have been a disaster. <laughs> 
And, and I was wondering, as we're sitting here and as we're in the houses, like how many embers are being cast off from this trip? How many of you, it might just go and lay dormant for a little while, smoldering under, you know, in the kindling until the right conditions come along and fan it into a flame? And how many of you, that flame is, is already starting to burn, right? So for me, as someone who thinks in visual pictures, when I see this room right now, I see a lot of smoke happening and I'm wondering, like, where's the next fire going to break out? So. Buenas noches. Me llamo Marisol. My, my friends can call me Mari. Uh, I feel super blessed to be here and be a part of such amazing um, organization. And I feel so blessed to serve and help these families and provide them now when just a house, but give them a home, a home that hopefully they will enjoy. And um, it will help them dream. But I want to share something with you guys that it got my attention. Um, I don't know if you guys met Lorena. She's a girl that she's eight years old, and she lives in the house, the, one of the houses we were building. And um, I got curious, and I asked her, Lorena, what do you want to do when you grow up? She passed for a minute or two. I think that she thought, like, why are you asking me this? I don't have any hopes. I don't have any dreams. I'm not even going to school. And then um, after a few minutes, she uh, let me know that she wants to become a nurse. So then uh, I told her, I am going to give you a book that is going to help you. But I have a problem. I asked her, do you know how to read? And she said, no. Then I asked her if she's going to school, and she said no. Then I asked the leaders of the organization Amor why Lorena is not going to school, and I was told that she's not going to school because she doesn't have a uniform. And I will be happy to uh, provide her with the uniform that she needs so she can go to school and learn how to read and uh, start dreaming and have hopes. But I was told that uh, it's not as easy because if I just give them the money, maybe it won't even be used for the uniform. Uh, but I have a dream, and my dream is that um, we just don't make a difference in these uh, two families, that we make a difference in many more families, and then we make a difference in a kid's life. And I think that um, to be able to change... Um, To change a country, it starts with a family, and it starts with one kid. So I have been uh, speaking to uh, the leaders and also to Bill, and um, I also learned that they don't have a library. So even though they, um, there are some kids that they want to learn, and they, um, they want to have a better life, it's hard when you don't even have reads. So I will ask you guys for uh, a special request. If you guys have books that you guys think they can help these kids, it doesn't matter if they are in English or in Spanish, can you guys please donate them and uh, help them um, create a, a library. And hopefully um, we can not just help a couple families, but we can uh, make a difference. 
uh, for generations to come. Hello. All right. So uh, my name is Omar Mendez. My wife Marisol. I, I've asked her if we could if we could come together. She said no. I'm going to go by myself. So I said, all right. I guess I'll I'll go by myself. <laughs> uh, so there was three things that I that I learned in this past few days, and the first one was. Uh, I think I've shared some uh, some of our our story. Uh, I think with Jesse, some of, some other some of you uh, also. Um, so I had a lot of um, what do you call them flashbacks these few days because obviously you know I was born in it's in a different state of Mexico. I grew up and I think about at the age of eleven, my parents you know we we moved to the U.S. and so I had a lot, a lot of uh, I just I. I Flashbacks, I picture myself, I saw myself in these kids running with no shoes, playing. I seen probably, <clears throat> it reminded me, like, these, these people in these houses reminded me of my parents, being them. We, we actually grew up in similar situations like this. Um, and so that really, it reminded me, you know, how, like, how blessed I am to be you know, with my family now. We have a better life, and uh, you know, life life is better now. It just really is very clear the two sides of the coin, and I can now very clearly see it. Um, and so that was that was one of the you know interesting you know things. Uh, the other one was so I consider myself a very 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 patient individual, and today I learned that there's some people out there that are a lot more patient than myself. So I had the opportunity to talk to uh, the two the two dads of, of the two houses, um, and I, I was curious, and I, I've asked one of them. I, I, I asked him, "Do you like? Did you guys think that this would this that this house that is being built here would ever come true?" He said, "No, I always believed that this that this house would." Be, would happen one day, and it's happening now. Actually, he, he said, my wife, she kind of she kind of lost hope after two years. So this has been somewhere around two years, and he said, and it's actually happening now. But I, he said, I never lost faith in God that this would happen. So patience, patience, and faith. Then the third, the third uh, thing was um, the other the other dad at the other house. <clears throat> um, I asked him, um, like, how has this, this been, like, for you guys? Like, how do you feel that this, this house is going up and it's almost, almost done? And he said, God is always working, and it's always, God, God has a lot of instruments, and, and you guys are it. You guys are it, and this is, this is why this is happening. So I think we should always remember that, that uh, I, I believe that's very true, and we're always being used. There's, there's, I don't think that this is like, oh, you know, we're, we're all here just because we're here, cool. No, there's, I think everyone here in this room, every single one of you has a huge heart, and God has chosen us, and wanted us to be here today and serve. That's what I got. Hey, guys. I'm Marcus. Um, I'm a technical expert, so I've got my list right here to go through. <laughs> um, but uh, very thankful for this opportunity to come out here to Cancun 
um, with my wife and my daughter. Um, when we first touched down to Cancun, and we came to this beautiful hotel, it was great. You know, we had endless buffet, nice pools. And for the first day, when I first went, I stepped on, on campus and went to surf, there was a dichotomy. I felt a little removed from the people because here I am, I'm, I'm in this world, and now suddenly I'm thrown in here where there's nothing at all. And it just didn't feel right to me, in my mind. I couldn't really empathize very much. Um, I felt bad for them. But that changed. Um, I remember someone once told me, people may not re always remember what you say, but they'll always remember how you make them feel and what you do for them. And I think over the past four days, as I got to know Santos, Pablo, Emilo, and Joanna, I felt, I felt loved. I felt when I messed up with the mortar or I messed up with the wire, Santos would always say, hey, come, Marcus. This is how you do it. <laughs> um, and he would always talk in a very nice way. He was not short with me. He, was, he always had that love. And I'm very grateful for them. I remember many, many years ago, I tweeted the opportunity to serve a mission for my church for two years. And I remember someone once told me, he says, forget about yourself and go out there and serve. And I remember coming back after that two years, I very, remember very vividly, after two years of serving our people and constantly thinking about people every day, when I was released, just two days later, I was just sitting down on my bed I was just looking outside of my 13-story apartment. I looked outside and, and asked myself the question, I, I feel so useless. What am I doing here? Who should I be serving? What should I be doing? And, and, and I know I'll feel that way. Part of the reason why I felt, I, I cried quite a lot just now um, with Santos, because I love that man. And the reason why I love him is because I serve with him. And the reason why I love some of you here more than others is because I serve with you. And I know that it's in the service of your fellow beings that you're only in service of your God. And I'm grateful for this experience with my, my daughter my, and all of you. And, and lastly, I mean, I, I too served in the military for two and a half years. It's, it's required in Singapore after high school for every boy. And I always remember this. I always remember that the military taught me who I did not want to be when I grew up. Because they taught me that it was command and conquer by rank, and you do what I say. But a mission taught me who I wanted to be when I grew up, because they led with love, and they led with Christ's spirit. Um, I'll be doing this again. Um, I hope we have more people. Um, um, but let me check my checklist one more time. <laughs> um, and, and, and I hope that we, we do indeed get to see Pablo and Santos and, and the rest of them. I think part of it was the realization that I may not see them ever again. Um, but the biggest thing is we feel like we're changing our people. But in the end, it's ourselves and us who really change the most. Thank you so much, you guys. All right. First of all, who has to change their clap because of the blisters on their hands? <laughs> <laughs>
so geez, where to start? Um, boy, what a best four days ever, right? Um, so many takeaways. Um, first of all, I don't know about you guys, but I don't want this to end. Like, I'd love to go back there and finish those houses. Um, I don't want to go back to just vacation tomorrow. I don't want to go to masterminding here in a couple of days, truthfully. I just want to stay doing this, you know? Um, takeaways. Um, but I guess with that said, we will be back. We'll be doing this again, and we're going to be changing a lot more lives. Um, so today when we, uh, we started to pack up for lunch, um, we found out right as we were heading out or tell end of it that we really weren't supposed to leave until 1230 because they were going to kind of rotate everybody in so that they didn't get swamped. And so Sheila and I hung back and um, we thought, well, we'll just work a little bit longer. We can get another 30 minutes worth of work and that sort of thing. And so we're sitting there, we're pulling wires and then Alfredo rolls in the house and um, so he comes in there and we just start talking with him. And um, a lot of it is Sheila speaks a little tiny bit of Spanish and, um, and I speak none, but we, we bust out the Google Translate. And so we're sitting there talking with him. We're talking with, um, uh, with his little brother and sister and so forth. And um, we start talking to him about, hey, wh what bedroom's going to be yours? And he was so excited to share this was going to be his new house. And specifically, if you were in the living room, off to the left was going to be his room. And, you know, you just look at the conditions where they were. And, you know, we just take this stuff for granted, or I do anyways. And um, so anyways, absolutely remarkable to see this little guy just light up. And um, so then we also asked him, you know, about school and so forth. He hasn't been to school. And... Um, what he wants to do when he grows up. And he wants to be an actor. <laughs> Alfredo wants to be an actor, which is pretty cool. So um, anyhow, I just, uh, man, it's been an honor to work with each and every one of you guys. Like, you know, and I know, and, and, I, want, and I want to apologize also, because when I get out there, I know I get like, I'm, I'm on a mission to work. And... I got to pull myself back. And so if there was ever a time that maybe I was just sitting out there and I was just like going at it and being short or anything like that, I want to apologize for that right now. And I know that I need to slow down. Next time I will slow down and, um, and take it in more. And um, it, it, like I said, it's been an honor to work with all of you guys. And I love you all. Thank you so very much. And I cannot wait to do it again. Hello. <laughs> Um, I'm a, I think, m probably the most selfish person here. <laughs> I've been serving people on my own way most of my life. I think I'm a good person, yeah. But this trip, I made it for my kids. I wanted to show them how it is if you don't have air condition, if you don't have a fridge, if you don't have a coffee in the mornings, you don't have schools, you don't have uh, healthy uh, food or access to medicine or doctors, and kids are still happy and smiling, and it's okay for them. They just take it as it's normal for them. So um, October, when, we, when, when I just learned 
about this opportunity. I'm, I created a competition between three of my children. Edward is six, then Albert is nine, and Kira is 12. Whoever is going to make most money helping me in my business, he's, he's going to come on this trip. So Edward, he won this competition. He beat Kira by $80, and he beat Albert by $3. So he earned his right to be here. <laughs> and I wish it would be Kira or Albert, because this little guy, um, I didn't think that he's gonna, that is gonna be beneficiary for him. He is just, you know, six years old. But I think he's the most hardworking kid I have I've ever seen. Yeah, so speaking of kids, I want to ask all the parents for their children just stand up. Like, if you have your child here, please stand up. I want to thank you, each one of you, and all of you together for showing me that what I do with my children. that as a, as a father, as a family, that we are doing the right thing with our children. I didn't see any technology on this trip. None of your children, none of your kids were playing on the phones or iPads or staying at the hotel, at the pool. You know, everybody was there. Some were helping more, some, some were helping less, playing, playing more, playing less. But nobody was whining, whining, whining. Nobody asked, when are we going back? Nobody was crying. They would fall down, you know, scratch their face, fall off the trees, get up, go and play, right? And I really appreciate that because any other group of people I was around, So we were always the wrong ones. We don't have a TV at home. They don't have iPads, iPhones. They have nothing. They have no technology. They have <laughs> I'll finish later. <laughs> so when I got up here, my well, before I got up here, my mom was like, Go up on the stage, go up. And I was like, no. <laughs> and then I was like, why not? But what I do know is my talk is not going to be like anyone else's. It's not that special. <laughs> but being here is like an experience that I can't have again in lifetimes on each time you go somewhere it's just different and you really do feel it in your heart every time you go this is my first mission trip oh my i'm shaking <laughs> so when i thought of going on this trip it was like two years ago i think or something like that and 
I had no idea I'd be like this. When I thought of Mexico, I did not think of houses made out of cinder blocks. I did not think about stuff like that. I thought more like a city. I don't know why, but what I do know is this place is beautiful, and the more we help, the more we can. And being there with, like, the other kids, it really shows me, like, you don't have to be rich. You don't have to be poor to be happy. You just be yourself. I'm still shaking. (laughs) It's just amazing seeing all these families and how much we can help by just doing something simple, like shoveling a little bit of sand, because I know I did that to make concrete. (laughs) But what I do know is this is an experience that only you can have if you try. Uh, This has been a unique week for me. Um, Normally, I I don't have a lack of words for cameras, but I feel really bad to Andre. Uh, He came over and pulled me off the work site, and he said, can you do a testimonial? Because you guys all did that, right? And it was the worst one I've ever given in my life. And I apologized to him afterwards. I said, I just, I'm sorry. I just, I can't. I have nothing, I can't, I, I can't. I didn't have anything good for him, right? But the truth of it is, this week has been, my emotions have been even closer to the surface than they normally are. And Mike Simmons knows that that's almost impossible. <laughs> and it's probably a couple of things. Um, Paul mentioned this. He served a mission. And I served a mission uh, 22 years ago as well for my church. And it was in the Philippines. Very similar conditions. So it was, it was flashbacks. Me walking down those streets, feeling that heat, seeing these people. I, I was there again. I remember that. Couple that with, I'm here with my two oldest kids. I wanted them to have this experience. And that was amazing. So my emotions have been close to the surface all week. And the truth of it is I did have something, Andre, to say, but I couldn't say it on camera, and I'm going to say it here, darn it. Um, the things that have been going through my mind all week, and I've been looping the same things all week because I've been working, and I've been hiding from, I didn't want to say this to everybody, but I'm going to say this right now. So uh, the name of the group we went to was Amor. I don't speak Spanish, but I understand that means love, love. Um, I don't know that it's coincidence, but this has been running through my mind all week as well. Um, last Sunday was Easter. And Easter is celebrating the greatest act of love that's ever been done for all of existence, human existence, right? For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Love, love. My mentor, my number one mentor, and then we're all here for mastermind and mentorship things. My number one mentor is Jesus Christ. I do not understand that love we celebrated last week. I don't understand it, not even close. But I do know that because of that, everything will be okay for us. These families, these kids that we think, oh, where is their hope? What do they have? They have hope, and they probably don't even know some of them what that hope is. And we were here able to bless their lives, which was amazing. The thought in Scripture that kept coming to my mind over and over and over again this week as I love my Savior, Jesus Christ, and what he did for me, and there's nothing I can do to repay him. But the scripture that kept coming was, inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. I was serving my Savior, my mentor, Jesus Christ, this week, through every smile, through every action, 
and I loved every minute of it. Service is worship. I'm grateful to be able to worship with all of you this week. Thank you. So I'll, I'll probably cry, just a forewarning, because um, this has just been the most amazing experience. Um, to, sorry. <laughs> um, to, get, to give these families the hope that we did, um, and to see how much this has changed everyone's perspective is so beautiful. Um, I'm so happy I got to come here with all of you amazing, strong people. And I'm so thankful for all of your guys' positive outlooks and your dedication to get this done. Um, I'm so thankful for all of you, and I'm thankful for this experience. So, thank you guys. <laughs> yeah, my name's John. I'm probably one of the newer people to the group. Uh, started in October. Um, but anyways, the cool thing about me is I'm already in my retirement job, so my W-2 says missionary. So I got to serve with all you guys, and you didn't know that that's kind of what I do for a living. Um, and it's kind of cool to, to see that because I know the little bit that Becca was talking about, the little fire, it's going to be more like the consuming fire of the bush with Moses. Is because God won't like destroy that creation that he started here. Um, it's going to continue to just burn, but it won't consume you, it'll literally change you into a new form. Um, and I was thinking of the, of the families, and I think it goes to what we've heard. Um, we'll use scripture again, Jeremiah 29, verse 11. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And I think that's what we did today and this week. Something that I recall my dad saying yesterday or today was that uh, after what we just did, I would not feel like keeping all the stuff that I have. And after seeing what these people have, I think that it's really done what he said would happen to me. Well, I think I can say I had a little bit different experience than most everybody else. <laughs> Um, but truly, um, I had, I had some really cool experiences, um, that I wish all of you guys could share and I want to share some with you. Um, on the bus ride out, Forrest, um, was telling us this story and he said, you know, I don't want you guys to think of us uh, as a house building ministry. I want you to think of us as a relationships ministry. And I have to admit, I was like, yeah, 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 you know, like, of course, you know, like, and um, it kind of came full circle for me, and I got to experience those relationships in a way that to even some of you guys didn't. Um, a lot of you know that I had a little incident, ended up in the hospital, and uh, I want to tell you a little bit about what that was like. Um, I remember handing my phone to Kent Mueller, and the next thing I know, I'm waking up in a hospital bed with an IV in my arm, confused how I got there. And, um, you know, Kent explains everything that happened to me, and I was like, oh, well, shoot, I was that guy. You know, I was like, dang it. <laughs> um, but uh, immediately after that, uh, they asked Kent to leave, and they were doing uh, an EKG on my heart, and um, 
the director of the hospital came in, and his name was Fernando. And Fernando walked in, and he just said, how are you doing? Um, and, that, you know, just simply just wanted to talk. And he said, hey, I hope you know, like, you're in the best hands possible. He goes, before you even got here, he goes, Jordan and Scott, they called me. I knew everything. We had a bed ready for you and all of this stuff. And he starts talking about all of this preparation. And I, and I was like, well, how, how do you know those guys? And he started talking about how much time that they'd spent together and how much, you know, they had contributed to them, they'd contributed to their sports teams and how they'd all been interacting in that clinic. And it was really interesting because he just looked at me and he said, would you mind if I prayed with you? And kind of caught me off guard. But I was sitting in this hospital bed and I welcomed it. I said, of course, yeah, I'd love that. And uh, Fernando prayed with me in this hospital bed. And he said something that like really hit me and I've been carrying it with me the past couple days. And he said, he said, oh Lord, help this young man feel of your love. And uh, it kind of comes full circle with, you know, more ministries, meaning love, you know, and, and Andy talking about the love of our Savior and his sacrifice through Easter time and our remembrance of that. It, it's been helping me think of those relationships around this room. And I look around and I see so many faces that I've gotten to dialogue with and spend time with. And I think I can truly say I love a, almost everybody, well, not almost, everybody in this room. I do love everyone in this room. I do love everyone in this room. I would like to love people more and get to know you better if I don't know you well. But... Uh, I think that's important. I think that's something special that 7FF brings and was able to kind of marry with the, the tenets of more Ministries is we have a bunch of people with these pure hearts that love each other in a, in a familiar way. And we're, I feel like I'm family with a lot of you guys. And just like they said, you know, this is a relationship ministry you know, this is a relationship mastermind, and those relationships result in love, and I hope we can all feel each other's love, and I feel of your love, and I hope you can feel my love as we move forward in our lives, as we move forward in our businesses, because that's what those relationships are really about, because in those moments, for me, when I was in a hospital bed, feeling a little bit frightened and being like, man, how did I get here? That was what I felt, is I felt love, and I think that's a really special emotion to have in a group of people from all over the United States, you know, different backgrounds, different tenets, and different beliefs, but we can come together in that kind of unity, and that's what I'm grateful for. So, thank you guys. I don't get emotional. Never. So. Anyway, so I wanted to say thank you to all the parents for showing me that our family, that we are okay. We're not from some other strange planet. Um, and... Um, I'm really proud of this guy and proud that um, you guys all met him and it was the right choice to bring him here um, and it's going to be good for him, good for me, good story to say, a good, good story to entertain other people. I can now, you know, sell this story a lot. I'm a good guy, right? Um, one thing I wanted to do, uh, first of all, Todd, don't slow down ever, you know, where are you? I lost you. Anyway. Uh, fast-moving person. I don't do a lot, but if I do, it's like running, right? I always run. And then Todd, he's like, outrun me. And then most hardworking family, Andersons, are like, really, I'm really proud of your um, kids. You did a wonderful job. Um,
Can we have all the board directors stand up? Please. Uh, I want to say huge thank you for putting this together. And um, remember those faces. If you, if you have any idea that you want to make it better, you want to make it different, just call them up. Just, you know, let's do this again. Let's do, let's do this more. And let's give the welcome stand-up uh, applause to this uh, board of the directors. So uh, um, when Dana uh, was, you know, told me she was on the board for the Seven Figure Foundation, I was like, ah, we're going to do something cool. I, I knew we were. And, uh, you know, we talked about it and we're like, we're going to take the whole family. We're just, whatever it's going to cost, we're just going to bring them all and we're going to do this, right? Because uh, we've, we've done service before in the past and... We know the impact that it has on others, and it may sound selfish, but we know the impact it has on ourselves and how it changes us. Uh, and I hope we all felt that these past few days, uh, just a, a little snippet of uh, the grand service that we can give and that, um, and that we can have an example of. We can look at each other and say, you know. This person really put out a lot of sweat this week, or a little bit of blood. I saw some 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 people got poked and a little blood here and there, <laughs> and maybe a lot of tears too as we talk with the family and uh, just talk with each other about the experiences that we've had. And it's I for me it's such an honor to to serve someone else, but it's also an honor to serve with all of you. Most of the time when, uh, when Dana comes to these conferences, she comes alone because I'm at home with the kids or whatever. And like Dana's like, I feel guilty going to the meetings. And I'm like, don't worry about it. You're doing, you're doing a good thing. I'll, I'll be home with the kids. We'll, we've got everything buttoned up at home. Don't worry. But this was a great opportunity uh, for me to be able to get to know a lot of you. Uh, I know we were broken up into three groups, and even in our group, it was the, the double house, the double, it was twice the size of the little house, right? That I was able to, even in our group, I was, I really um, got to know and rub shoulders with a small group of, of you guys, and uh, it was an honor for me to work beside you. Uh, it's an honor for me to, to be a part of this great service. And for me, uh, Andy said it best, uh, you know, my mentor is, is Christ. And unfortunately, I fail him a lot, but I try. And I get back up and I try again. And uh, I saw a lot of that this week where, you know, oh, I'm turning with this hand. Hands really hurt, so I'm going to turn this hand, or I'm mixing this way. I'm going to switch it around, or or I'm really hot and sweaty. I'm going to take a water break. Um, but you know, it is it truly is an honor to be a part of of this group and to serve these people and to be able to have an impact. Thank you. How's it going, everybody? You guys are all awesome. 
it is super, super cool to be a part of a group like this that is out there um, impacting people's lives. Something that's, in our business, we've always had a core purpose of um, improving lives through creative real estate investing. That's always been something that's, like, what, what are we about? If we weren't even, if we weren't doing real estate, what do we want to be doing? We want to be improving lives. And uh, I think it's just super cool to be a part of this group because not only has this group changed our lives and helped us to build a business and make more money, but it's helped me to build a business that's allowed me to take two weeks off and close on houses and continue to put more offers out there and make more money so that we can go down here and do things like this and help other people improve their lives. Um, so it's just been a, it's just been a huge blessing for us to be a part of the group. I was really bummed that my family wasn't able to be here, but I'm telling Liz that they're absolutely all signing up for their passports. Like as soon as I get back, because <laughs> it's like, we are not going to miss the passport boat next time. Um, with them being able to uh, do something like this. So uh, anyways, I'm, I'm really grateful for all of you guys that, that have been um, a part of improving my life and giving me the opportunity to uh, turn around and hopefully improve the lives of the people in this, this community that we were able to serve this week. I think it's been a, it's been a real blessing for me, and um, I take it from all of the people that have been up here. I think that it may have also impacted you guys as well. So all right, thank you guys. You might be thinking, are they twins? And no, we're not. <laughs> I'm two years older than her, but she, I haven't had my growth spurt yet. So we're about the same height. I'm just really grateful that I've had the opportunity to serve these two families that um, we've got to really change their lives and give them those houses. I've also learned some skills like um, putting stucco on the walls and twisting the wires. My right hand really hurts now. So I learned to do it with my left hand. <laughs> um, our school is a Spanish immersion, and that's really cool for us. We've never really gotten to use it that much, except for like vacations to Mexico. We can talk to the server sometimes. But it's really cool because you're able to, like, instantly when you start speaking Spanish to them, they become more friendly to you. I don't really know why. It's probably because they're just like, oh, you've taken the time to learn my language. You've taken the time to kind of get to know me or something like that. And I met these two girls, and they're, like, I only knew them for, like, 30 minutes. But, like, they were super excited to see me afterwards and stuff just because I spoke Spanish to them for, like, 20 minutes. I don't know. But it was really cool. So, Hello. I just wanted to display my farmer's tan. <laughs> I always have a good one. Yeah. So I am also one of the spouses that doesn't come. I say good. Go have your fun, dear. <laughs> and now I got to experience the fun. And I don't know anything about real estate. I'm not, yeah, I'm out of it there. <laughs> but everyone is so loving and accepting here. It's amazing. I was thinking it's like a little bit of heaven, you know? It's the other side of the world, there's a war going on, or many other parts of the world. And feel what you're feeling right now. If this is what we all were doing, what would Earth be like, you know? I loved seeing all the kids. I love hearing from the children. 
and how hard they work and how nice they are to each other. <laughs> this is crazy. I mean, you don't see our house. <laughs> we show a lot of love really loud. <laughs> oh, I feel like a comedian. <laughs> you guys got to try it. Uh, yes, I love this organization. This is great, and I'm fully... Uh, supporting Marcus in this decision. Uh, and I love that everyone loves God here. That's a, It's awesome. You know, going to school and just out in the regular world and life, people are putting each other down, and we are lifting each other up. And I love that saying where they say, I lift thee and ye lift me, and we'll ascend together. It brings us up all together. We're better than we ever could have been. We have so much potential. All those children that don't have school, all of those things, they have so much potential. I mean, look look at this guy. <laughs> These two. Where did you come from, you know? You're like, you don't know. And... Another huge thing is in the scriptures, I don't want to be, I don't know if I'm preaching here, but it says, love thy neighbor as thyself, correct? So we love our neighbor. But do you love yourself as much as you're thinking you should love your neighbor? That also helps you to grow. You need to know this helps us to feel how important we are. We can make a difference. I remember always thinking, I don't have any talents. And then I, I got to a point, well, I can be a friend to someone. That could be my talent. I can make a difference, even if it is a tiny little twist in a wire that didn't actually work and you have to take it apart and go do it again. <laughs> so... Yeah, and I just loved the children and the bunnies and the babies and the rabbits. Or those are bunnies. Okay. <laughs> the puppies, the puppies. She got it for me. Thank you. Yeah, so I'm very thankful for being uh, here. And I'd love to do this again. We just have to go make some money. <laughs> All right. Thank you. I had to come. Um, so as... When my dad asked me if I wanted to go to Mexico, I was like, well, yeah, it's like heaven. And then he told me that he had asked my brothers before me, and I'm like, why didn't they say yes? And he's like, school and everything. And then he told me the real reason, and I'm like, yeah, I'll still go. And when he told me everything and, like, what they have is not even close to what I have. And when I first thought of it, I was like, how do they live like this? How do they do their every daily lives without even water or something or food? And I just realized how, like, how many things I have that they don't and that we should be really grateful for and how like, happy we can be and how happy they can be even without anything that they have. And I just know that we 
sometimes don't know how much is like is good for us when we don't think so and yeah um so once i got here on well i got interviewed by andre and he asked me um that what how did i feel when i um first were, was getting here to mexico and how did i feel after i said that first when we came here um i was nervous because i thought like maybe we we're building houses like in like well where i live san diego like regular houses and I, something like that um <laughs> Um, and but then I realized that it's a much different way of well how they build the houses here and it's like it's very resourceful and um, using the money wisely and how um, uh, protects the families from hurricanes I was very surprised by that because I mean it's foam and steel um, and concrete and um, I'm just like very surprised that how um, they used not that much, they didn't have that much resources, but they still did a lot um, with what they had. I've been back there for about 30 minutes playing chicken with all of you. They were just like, okay, let's let them get up, give them time. Um, Marcus, I have notes. <laughs> But it's so many notes that it's a 30-minute keynote. Everybody ready for that? No. Um, I was sitting back there listening to all of you guys talk. And I got something different from each of you that I was write, wrote down something that I could talk about and piggyback on and these ideas. But the, the number one thing is I was back there counting the kids. And I counted 20 kids. So I don't know if I'm off, if I'm a little bit under, a little bit over, but we're about there, 20 children here. And uh, Grant, I lumped you three in as children, so I apologize, but, <laughs> but you're the next generation of, of us, right? And um, it's really amazing to think about that. Uh, if we have somewhere between, I counted on the, like between 60 and 70 people that were working, we have some staff, we have other people here, but... 20 kids here, and all of you that don't have your kids here, it's not because you don't want them here. It's because for some reason they couldn't come. And I'm looking at six years old, right? Six. Do we have any children under six? So I'm like, Will is coming next year. When, does anybody agree? Like when you see these kids come up here and say, now I have some perspective on my life and how amazing it is. Um, really incredible. So thank you to the parents that brought the kids. Thank you to the parents who couldn't bring your kids and found a way to come here anyway. Uh, thank you to the children who maybe came here kicking and screaming in the beginning or thought it was going to be heaven of Mexico, and then you walked down that street in the beginning, and it was so hot. But you kept the open mind, and you, you had an amazing experience, right? Because that's what life is really about, isn't it? Like all a combination of experiences that we get to have that form us in our identity into who we become. And that's what you all are doing right now. And I wish that I had this experience when I was a child because I wasn't the best teenager. So, and then I listened to some of you that were talking about the experience that you had over these four days. 
And you guys have heard me talk a lot about this hero's journey, right? And I heard, I think it was Marcus and Steve, you're talking about, and Casey, you're talking about you're in this like ordinary world and then you go into this supernatural world. It's like the first step. You get this call to adventure, right? This tap on the shoulder and we got this tap on the shoulder like I have to be here. And we go into this supernatural world and we go through trials and tribulations and all these struggles and things. And we really accelerated this journey of four days, right? And now you're coming out back into the ordinary world and we're talking about how do you, in the beginning, I was like, what are you even talking about? Like how we're gonna go back to normal life? Like four days, dude. And I sit back there and listen to all you guys and all the things that I'm feeling. I'm like, why am I feeling this? Why do I think this? It's because we did. We had this like pretty impactful experience, right? And we come, come back with mastery and we want to go back into the ordinary world and share it with everyone and teach them all these things. So we accelerated that in, in four days, really amazing going around one cycle of this journey. And for each of us, like each one of you, I'm sitting back there listening and each one of you had a different experience. Just a little bit different. Even if you're here with your spouse or you're here with your kids, like each one of us had a very different experience. There were times during these four days, and as I sat back there tonight, I'm like, I feel guilty because you're talking about how bad your hands hurt. And there were like three half days that I actually like put in hard work, sweating and turning concrete. And the other times I was in an office or I was traveling to another site or I was playing soccer with kids. And I like, why do I feel that way? I had a different experience than you guys, and that's okay. And each one of us had a different experience. And whatever that was, it was the one that you were meant to have. That experience, that thing that you saw, that, that fall that you had, Wes. All of these things, they're a different experience that created something for us to be exactly where we needed to be. I got to see something that I needed to see potentially for the future of what we do with this organization or built a relationship or had a conversation that will change the future of them or the future of me. And so it's, so I'm not going to feel guilty. Like I'm not. I feel something. I feel a lot. And I bet a lot of you do too. I wrote down the fact that, uh, uh, I don't know who was talking about it, but uh, I was thinking about my military deployment. We're talking about relationships. Somebody talk about the relationships that they were building on the job site that formed quickly, right, and strong bonds. And I thought about a mm, seven, eight-month deployment that I had on a ship, and there were five other pilots on that ship with me and about 25 other enlisted sailors, and the rest were merchant marines. And I was, we built a bond like I will never forget, partially because we were forced into a very small enclosure that was much like this, in 130-degree heat in the Middle East, in the Persian Gulf, and then the air conditioner would break, and we sweat just like we did here. And we built this bond, and after seven months, I had to come back from this and enter back into this ordinary world that people who just don't understand what we did or what we went through or what we saw. And those people, we each had a different experience, and we experienced that together, and those will be my brothers and sisters for life. Just like this, for what you guys experienced. For those of you who haven't been in the military, this is pretty close to a four-day experience. You just didn't have to spend seven months on a ship or in some foreign country or whatever it might be. So um, Steve was, t Steve, not this Steve, but the Amor Steve, was on the bus day two. If you were on our bus, he talked about his daughters. He said he had two daughters, and one is a social worker, and one is a businesswoman who wants to make a lot of money to support the social worker. And when he told that story, I immediately thought, I'm the businesswoman 
who is supporting something else. My gifts are my gifts. So some of you might be like, you know what? I just need to sell everything and move to Mexico and start building houses. Like Todd's like, I just want to go back. I don't even want a mastermind in two days. Right? And that's, maybe you should, Todd. Maybe you should sell everything and move to Mexico. But honestly, like your gifts and your skills, if the reason why you don't turn wires in your business right now, the reason why you don't do stucco in your business right now is because your skill set is designed for much more and much bigger things. And as I was sitting in that room with Andy and, um, oh, no, uh, Jordan, thank you. Jordan, I keep saying Jacob in my head, my son's middle name. Uh, Jordan and Andy, all I can think about is how I can help them grow this, find, get in front of more people, raise more money. What do you need? How can we help? How can we come back? What else can we do? What can we do for the Tortugas? What can we do for the ILC? I saw it all, and it's amazing. And what I realized is that's my skill set. If I just came here and built 10 houses, I'd be wasting it. And that's okay. That's okay, too. We each have something unique to us. And I can come back here as many times as I want, but I'll tell you what, if I step on the gas a little bit harder or grow something in business that I can support something like this, it's amazing. So Steve's two-daughter story really helped on day two, allow me to unplug and look bigger and not get stuck in the today for me. Um, you guys talked a lot about God, and I wrote one thing down. I said, in my life, I try to do one thing, just do things that move me closer to God. So if what I'm doing is going to move me a step closer that's what I want to do. So if I can just keep that in mind and all the busyness and all the noise and everything that I'm doing, if I can just do experiences and actions and things that move me closer instead of taking me a step further, the answer is simple to do or not to do those things. Sometimes I struggle what to say yes to and what to say no to. It was just such a simple question that I could write down as you are all talking that is actionable for me every single day. All right, I, I, I was joking about the 30-minute keynote, but I definitely have a lot more. I'm just going to finish with this. Like, as I look around this room, I have a story at, w- with each of you, a time that we met or that you came in the group or a call that we had that I remember. I was sitting back there as each of you stood up here. I said, how did we meet? Where did they come in this group? What had to happen for this to all come together? And there's four of us here that were in the first ever room. I think it's four. The first ever room, seven-figure flipping room. We are on a mission trip. There are like 200 people flying in tomorrow, all of which would love to be in this room but couldn't because it was full. That's how amazing this group is, and there's hundreds of people at home that can't even make it here too. But that room was like a third of the size of this room. And that was the first ever meeting of us. There's four people here in this room that were there for the first day. And that's how I met them. I remember meeting, I met Andy before that. Andy's on a call with me. And oh my gosh, he changed my life. Arthur and Jen, I sat with them at the first meeting. And they're like the coolest people. I was like, oh my gosh, I have to be friends with them. Jen's like making fun of me back and forth. We're like witty banter. And Arthur's joking. And I was like, how did, how did he marry a woman like that? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> ah, hey, 
But then I got to know Arthur and I realized how. Okay, there you go. You're welcome. So, great guy. And Mike Simmons, like, oh my gosh, it was just so, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Mike Simmons, like seriously, if Andy changed my life, he has done just as much for me then and on. Like, honestly, when I bought the company, we would not even be in business right now if it wasn't for Mike Simmons. I got to work on the business. Mike Simmons rolled up his sleeves and got to work in the business for like three or four straight months to allow me to just make it to Flip Hacking Live and roll out a brand new program called The Runway that had never been built before. And I could not have done it unless he took the load of all the coaching off of my back. We, all the coaches, moved out. Mike Simmons moved in and took the load of five people. Forever grateful for you, man. Each of you, like, Jennifer, you've been in the group for four years. You sit up here four years. I remember standing in your driveway, wholesaling you a house, making one of the biggest wholesale fees I've ever made, and, and, then, and then convincing you to also give me money to join this program. <laughs> like, it was like the, it's like a twofer, like best sale ever. But the, the friendship that we've been able to build and, and what I've seen you guys accomplish has been amazing. Like, Paul, I don't know if you remember, we were on a phone call, like, what was it like four years ago, five years ago, six? I have no idea. But it was like, I still remember that phone call as long as it was ago and me basically saying, well, no, we're actually a really great group, a really great program. You're like, well, I have a problem, this, this, and this. And then I see you up here talking about this. And we have made a, like a big shift in our business and, and, and what I've tried to build here. But like that, I still remember that call. Like I have not forgotten. And Every day, I try to get better and figure out the feedback that we get on things like that, they matter. And I remember, like, Tyler, I remember our onboarding call there that we did. And then I remember Baltimore, July 2018, giving you a microphone and you becoming the seven-day flip Tyler Jensen guy. <laughs> like, like, that, I saw the difference of before and after July 2018 in Baltimore in that breakout room and the feedback that you gave me of how that changed you. And I saw you become a massive leader inside this group. It's amazing. Each and every one of you, I have a story with you guys. Come on. Like, they, I don't know if you know these two. These two were in the seven-figure flipping group, right? Built this business stepped out, became alumni, and then we launched multifamily. They came back in. It's like, and, and sitting with your daughters on the cruise was like the, one of some of the most special time of my life. And now seeing them come up to me and, and it, it's just the interaction that we've been able to have this week. It's like you're raising two amazing girls, and, but they, they look at me like I'm something special. It's very strange to me, but it's so cool. Like, I, like, I, Oh my gosh, it's amazing to be involved in all of your families and your story. Like, as I, I'm sitting back there, just every single one of us have something. Spencer, oh my gosh. Like, Sp Spencer and I are on a very interesting call in six-figure flipping, right? And then coming to the first event in, in, in six-figure and building this amazing business, basically on your own, recreating an entire, uh, like creating an entire business model that nobody else has done on your own, and coming up into the eight-figure group. Like, crazy. Jesse, I remember giving you your microphone and you throwing it right back at me. Like, I will never speak. I won't talk. I still don't know why you haven't come up here yet. I mean, come on. Jesse did. And so, but like, your, like, 
the amount of the amount that you've given back to this community is amazing. Like, and so reluctantly to, to step into a spotlight and the transition and work that you've done on yourself these past few years has been amazing. It's a, like, I see all of you. Like, I know all, I'm watching everything that's going on. If you don't think that I know you, I do. If you don't think I remember the conversation or the email, like, I do. It's there. And we all have something like, inc- I, this is why it's a, f- a one hour keynote now. I want to go around and, and every single one of you. And if you want some stories about me, you can ask Becca because she knew me before any real estate, anything in flight school where I may have occasionally had a little bit too much to drink and done some stupid things. So she has a lot of stories if you want to hear them. But like all of you guys, it's, it's just, oh, I'm sitting here going, the history and f- that's in this room is massive, and the future possibilities of what's here is incredible. And I don't know how this all happened or what had to transpire for us to get here in this room, but it was all by design, and there are so many moving parts that had to come into place for this and for all of you to stand up and grab this microphone and speak the way that you did. In your life and in the seven, your seven-figure flipping life, And so the only thing that I ask of you is to remember this, and when you leave here, do something really, really amazing with it. And you have the opportunity to impact so many more people, and I always want you to just think bigger. Think bigger than yourselves. Think bigger than seven-figure flipping. Think bigger than the two houses and the two families. And it's not about money. It's not about things. It's about life. It's about experience. And oh my gosh, you can change the world. Just you. If you're six years old or you're 60 years old, you can change the world. Okay? Awesome. Thank you, guys. I, I hope you, you felt this experience and it became tangible to you. I just wanted two more speakers to go. It's really important to me that these guys share their takeaways. What did you learn? Um, I learned that, um, well, I always thought that someone would always have a stove or something like a stove. But when I saw her cooking, it wasn't a stove. It was just like, a tray and a fire, and she was just cooking, like, what was it? Tortillas. Tortillas. <laughs> and um, I thought, well, nope, I guess some people don't have, like, active things, kind of. <laughs> and the um, People are trying harder and harder to do, like, get the things like a stove or air conditioning (laughs) so they can do their everyday lives and raise their children. But (laughs) it's kind of weird that um, people are living when they only have, like, few little things like that a fire and a tray that they probably found in the garbage. And 
I think that's all. <laughs> Good job. All right, Wes. So I learned that. So I learned that some people, I mean, you don't need to just make money. It's it's not about making money. It's about making other people happy. And that others aren't poor anymore, and you're helping them and lifting their hearts up and being very nice and kind and helping them move on and live. Good job. <laughs> so when we started this trip, on the buses, we asked you why you came here. And I don't know why you came here. And I don't know what you were hoping to get out of this experience. But I hope you found it. And I hope that it was something that you weren't expecting of getting. And that's really a, a special experience that I think, as the, the inaugural group of this mission trip, we're the first. And I think that that's really cool that already, well, there will be a time that'll come that I'll say, I remember when you were in that room with me on our first mission trip just like Bill did with those four people, right? That's really special. Um, I just want to share a quick message with you on some things that some of my takeaways. And Bill and I had the amazing opportunity to go to the children's uh, school, the daycare, if you will. And, and I wasn't planning on it, and I was honestly, I was kind of ticked that I had to leave my house and, and go do something else that wasn't twisting wire, right? Um, but I'm glad that I did because it was such an amazing experience for me to go. And Bill and I went, and as soon as we opened the door, all of these kids came up to us. And they just started hugging us, and it was an amazing experience. And then we went upstairs, and we talked to April and the principal of the school. And she's like, you know that little girl that came up to you and hugged you? That she's, she's had a very abusive upbringing, and she hated men for the longest time. She was the first one that came up to me and gave me a hug. And then she said, yeah, she's struggled because she had a cleft lip. And Bill and I looked at each other and we're like, hey, did, did you even notice that she had a cleft lip? Neither of us had. We didn't even notice that she had that. And she, they told us the story about this little girl and her upbringing and how they had restored faith and given her hope that she could be successful and that she was beautiful She'd never thought that before. No one had ever, her parents, her teachers, her peers, no one had ever told her that she was beautiful. And then Bill and I get there, and I told her in Spanish that she was beautiful. And it was such a cool experience that neither of us noticed that she, she was beautiful to us, and she had that hope and that light inside of her. And then after that, we went over to the Tortugas, and we interviewed three high school 16- and 17-year-old kids that are football players, they're high school players, they're teenage boys, and they talked about why it was important for them to donate their time at this child care. And they talked about not having fathers and how Mexican fathers are usually not present and how they wanted to change that. They wanted to be men and they wanted to be good fathers. And that, that inspired me. And I know that Bill and I were both in tears when they were talking about being good dads and being good fathers, because we're, we're both dads, and that's important to us as well. 
And then we went over to the, the sports where they were practicing football. And April, Jordan's wife, came up to us, and we were talking, and they gave us a cool jersey. And we're like, oh, the Tortugas. And she asked Bill, she's like, do you know why we're called the Tortugas? And Bill said, because you're really slow. <laughs> and that was not the right answer. She laughed. She's like, no, that's the stereotype that we have, that we're, that we're slow. But we're not slow. We're, we, have, we have really good kids, really good athletes. She said, we, we decided to be the Tortugas because baby tortugas, baby turtles have a 1 in 100 chance to survive and to make it to the ocean. That's the odds of a baby turtle surviving and getting into the ocean is 1 in 100. And she said, you see those kids right there? Those are our tortugas. We've given them a chance to survive and to dream and to be bigger than what they think. We've given them the ocean, and they can take it however they want. We just have to get them there, and then the world is theirs. And just like we talked about, it was the starfish story, right? We, we gave, you see all these starfish, and we threw away one, or we threw it back into the ocean, and it made a difference to that one. And I'm grateful for the, tor- the tortugas in, that we were able to help. I think of Sylvester... Silvestro and Anna and Roger and Lizette and Angel and Juan and Juana and Christian and Alfredo and Lorena and Juan and even little four-year-old Mateo. We gave them a chance, a chance to survive and a chance to dream and a chance to be better people and have, have an opportunity that they never thought they would have before. And I'm truly grateful for that experience and to be able to show my kids that we can give people a chance. I was given a chance. I remember growing up, I was, I was that kid. I was broke, and our power would get shut off all the time, and my, my parents foreclosed on three different houses, and we had our cars repossessed, and, and, and real estate was that chance for me. I was one in a hundred to be successful. And I'm grateful for that opportunity that I had that chance to do it. I'm, I'm ecstatic about how this mission trip went. Uh, we only had two near deaths instead of, we, we came back with everyone that we, uh, we brought with us. We even made the Terminator cry, like that's pretty awesome. <laughs> I'll take that, I'll take that. Uh, I'm glad we did get that on camera because there's proof that, that we did it. Um, but no, just thank you again to all of you. And, and I just want to close that the scripture that, that came to my mind is, is just like Andy. Andy is one of my biggest mentors, and I, I look up to him literally and figuratively in, in everything. Um, but besides that, it is the Savior. And I know that this isn't a, a religious thing that we're trying to do, but this, the the thought kept coming back to me is that when he said, suffer the children and bring them to me, every time I saw those little kids, I thought of the Savior saying, bring those kids to me. And he blessed them. And we had the opportunity to do that and stand in his place and to bless those kids' lives. And there are Tortugas, and we gave them a chance. And I'm so grateful for that chance that we were able to give them. I'm grateful that my kids saw it. That's why I came is so they could experience that 
it's not all about privilege and, and having success and living in nice houses and all the things, right? For a week, we got to get rid of the things and we got to focus on people. And that's what I'm truly grateful for. So again, I just want to close with a, a huge thank you. I think we need to give to the Tackett, Steve and Casey. Let's give them a, a big hand. For this. Um, if you didn't know it, Steve is, is very much a man of God, and, and you have no idea the amount of problems that we had on this trip, because Steve took care of all of them. He really did, and this would not have even been lifted off the ground without him and his, his supportive wife helping us. Like, those two are just a power couple, and every time something would go wrong, he'd look at me and he'd say, Tyler, God is good. <laughs> God is good. And we'd figure it out, and we'd move on, and we'd, we'd, something else would happen, and we had a quick story that Steve promised us. He's like, hey, all of our food is going to be delivered in a refrigerated truck, and it showed up to be a Ford Explorer with the air conditioner on. And, <laughs> and Steve looked at me and said, God is good. We'll be okay. <laughs> um, but just to, to wrap it up, so we've sent you a couple of things. Please fill out that survey. Um, check your spam mail. Check your junk mail. Your feedback is so important to us on what we, what we did well as a foundation and what we could do better as our first mission trip. We would love to have all of your feedback and give that to us. Hopefully you didn't feel any of those pains that, that Steve obviously felt and went through because there were a lot. Um, and thank you to the board members. Let's give them a hand as well. Like one more for them. I, I have, as the board chair and as the board president, um, I have famous last words that it will be a quick meeting, right? And it's not. It's a two-hour meeting or a three-hour meeting or something, right? I'm like, hey, let's just go meet for 10 minutes, and two hours later, we're still talking. But that's the impact that these people have and just amazing people that we had on our board. And we'd love any of you, if you feel like the need and the call to serve, to come and join us and to be on our board and to serve and, and to be able to be those stewards of that money. Um, so with that, anything else, Casey, that we needed to talk about, Becca? Okay, so in the Telegram app, there is a link to our survey. Oh, the Dropbox link. Okay, sending us your pictures. You guys got way more pictures and video than we ever could have. Please, please, please take five minutes and upload all of your pictures and your videos to that link. Okay, we, we want to use that. We want to tell your story. Um, but again, you guys took a lot more pictures than we could, and Andre can only be in so many places at once. So please up, upload. Yeah. Well, I feel, like, I feel like he's not, though. Does anyone else feel like Andre's in more than one place at a time? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, but with that, thank you. Again, gratitude to you guys. Like, this is so cool and such an impactful thing, and I hope that we can do it again. And just like Becca said, that I hope we can spread that fire and, and just do more good, right? Our, our word, our catchphrase, if you will, was impact in the foundation. Pretty impressive. Eight houses and a school in four days. That is 100% Tyler Jensen style. That's how we do it. <laughs> right? Flip it in seven days. Um, but no, thank you, guys. Um, think about it tonight. Take some time to reflect on what you had and what this week 
meant to you, and, and did you find what you were looking for, right? I, I hope that you did, and I hope that you come back, and I hope that you bring your friends and your family and that we can do this again. So with that, I'll let you guys have a good night. All right, everybody, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. To relive that again for a second time was really powerful, and um, just, I mean, some of the kids, come on. Like, I, I'm, I wish that I could figure out how to take my seven-year-old Will. It just didn't work out logistically since my wife was meeting me out there halfway through, but next year you can be uh, assured that he will be uh, going with me. And uh, the difference in changes that I saw in those kids from when they showed up to when they left was massive, and I can't wait to to watch my kids go through that as well. So uh, if you have children or you wanna go on your own, you can come. We're gonna continue to do these. We were uh, able to raise enough money to give a, to build two houses while we were there, uh, build the school, and then on top of that, they needed to build six more houses was their goal for the rest of the year in 2022, and we left them with enough money to build all six. So really, really incredible what we were able to do. And if you were at Flip Hacking Live last year and you donated to the charity, this is where your money is going, directly to these families, directly to this mission, and um, directly to this um, world of impact that we're trying to make here. So I hope you enjoyed it. I'll see you guys on the next show. And if you want to get involved, you can go to uh, fliphackinglive.com, grab a ticket to Flip Hacking Live. We are going to raise money there. You can donate money all throughout the year to the Seven Figure Foundation. And uh, also jump into one of our mastermind groups, fill out an application, go to sevenfigurealtitude.com, fill out an application if you wanna be a part of what we're doing, a part of the community, and uh, help grow your business to allow you to give more, just like all these people that were able to unplug for a week, most two weeks, because they were at the mastermind meeting afterwards, and bring their kids for the entire time and not have to worry about it, their business, their family, all of that stuff. So go to sevenfigurealtitude.com, we'd love to have you. See you guys on the next show, bye.